This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 47 of Banging on the Drum. I am your host, P-Dog, joined along with my co-host, M-Dog, and how you doing today, M-Dog? Doing great, Pat. How's your week been? It's It's been good so far. I'm looking forward to this episode. So we haven't recorded it yet, but we are going to bring in our golf dude, our super taster, Mark, uh, for probably his fifth or sixth appearance on the show. Him yeah, him or, him or Keel are our staples, I think. So uh, he's a perfect guy to have on for golf. Understands it, knows it, really watches the game quite a bit. Yeah, and plays it enough to appreciate it. So, right. So, yeah, we are looking forward to that interview, and that will be the next thing we have coming up here. So, we hope you enjoy. Now, welcoming to the show what the fans have been asking for one of our most recurring guests i want to say it's either five or six times and our golf guy super taster mark is back on the show how you doing mark doing great it's master's week i am ready to go nice all right so so what is your like plan for master's week what do you do to kind of prep uh so this week is Great, because uh, it falls on Easter weekend. So I have good Friday off of school, which usually doesn't happen. Usually I got to carry my laptop around all day. I'm watching masters.com, checking out Amen Corner, some of the featured groups on Friday and waiting until I can get home. Uh, One of the weird things about the Masters is just the TV coverage is very um, small compared to your traditional tournaments. So it's a little bit tougher um, to view. Uh, live. So following along on masters.com is huge. And, you know, not having to watch during work on Friday is going to be great. That's weird. Why is that? It's not on the CBS app. Uh, So the masters committee, just being who they are, like they can control whatever they want. They just have that much power. Um, Them introducing the website is something in the last few years that's actually gone like way above what they used to even do for television coverage or any type of coverage. Um, Yeah, historically, it was always uh, CBS. Well, ESPN, I think, always had the first two days uh, as of late. And then CBS, you know, you just get that like one to six coverage on Saturday and Sunday. Okay, this is always news to me. I always forget like each different tournament has like a different coverage plan. So this is the one where Thursdays, you don't get to watch till the afternoon. Yeah. uh, So if you want to watch any of the early tee times on Thursday or Friday, you're going to have to go to to masters.com. And they usually have Amen Corner, which is going to be uh, holes 11, 12, and 13. And then they also feature uh, 15 and 16, 15 being the second par five on the the back, and then 16 being the historic par three where Tiger chipped in in 05, I believe. All right, we got your first trivia question out of that one. What is the name of hole 16? I forgot to tell you, I got some trivia for you. We're going to see how they all have their different names. Um, 
16. Uh, I know it's not this, but I'll say pink dogwood. Okay. It's red bud. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I thought since you like mentioned 16 like that, I thought you had it. So yeah, I, uh, I thought about just quick running through that, that list of all the, the whole names. Uh, that is kind of a cool thing that they do, do during that coverage is they'll give you the flyover of each of the holes. And like I said, they're all named after a different flower or tree. Uh, I think pink dogwood might be number one, but it's definitely one of them. Yeah, you know way more than me then. Um, do we want to do? Yeah, we're going to do a trivia. Mike, you. So it's going to be 10 questions. I forgot oh, to geez. prep Mike that uh, Mike and Mark that they were going to have a right. trivia competition. And Mark, I'm going to let you pick if you want to go first or second. And uh, in this one, I'm not going to, I'm just going to do the first 10 questions. And there's definitely a better spot to be in. So basically <laughs> your, your trivia question is one or two. And if you're one or two, you're going to win. Or you're gonna lose. Okay. Um, <laughs> typically, how it goes from previous episodes I've listened to. Um, I'll go. I'll go number one. I'll go. I'll start. Oh, wrong. All right. <laughs> In what year was the first Masters tournament played? God. Okay. I'm so uh, glad that I'm always the question asker, Mike. You got to take over an interview one time. Yeah, uh, right. 1937, somewhere around there. 1934, so pretty close, but uh, wrong one. So, Mike, we got a tough one coming up for you. Which golf course hosts the Masters tournament? Augusta National. <laughs> All right, Mike's up one nothing. Dominating. All right, Mark. What is the name of the iconic bridge that golfers must cross on the 13th hole at Augusta National? Uh, that would be the Hogan Bridge. Is it really? Because you say that very confidently, and this says something different. Uh -huh. Ray's, Ray's Creek Bridge? Uh, Ray's Creek is what it crosses. I think it's the Hogan Bridge. but Oh, what is the name? of? We're going to give you that one because you said it so confidently. Yeah, they cross they cross uh Ray's Creek. I'm pretty sure that's the Hogan Bridge. It could be somewhere else, but all right. If you're listening to this, you can fact check it yourself. But I'm gonna say Mark's right on this one. So and I'm the final saying here. All right, Mike, who holds the record for the most masters wins? Oh geez, and now I'm gonna get it wrong. Uh <laughs> It has to be an allocant on Jack, Jack Nicholas, okay. Nicholas and Nicholson. I can't <laughs> differentiate between those two people. Yep. You're right. Six it months. did take me a while to like find the name though in my brain. So I just like myself, I like mess that up. Like just have to get that half second of just like Jack. Nicholson. Yeah. Like I can't like remember which one's the golfer and which one's the actor. See, and I have that, and I think if I hadn't looked at this list, I would be kind of between him and Tiger. But how, how many do you think Tiger has? I don't have that up. Uh, Tiger has five. Jack has six. Okay. So, yeah, I might have said Tiger Woods in that one. All right. 
March. I did think about switching it to Tiger, but I knew that Jack had more overall. So good call, good call. So Mike, you are two for two, and Mark, you are one for two. So who was the first non-American to win the Masters tournament? Do you have a year? 61. But it is it is weird though, because I feel like I've seen this guy play golf and I might be confusing him with somebody else. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say this answer anyway, 61 fits too. It might be a little early, but I was going to say Gary player nailed it. Yeah. But it doesn't that seem crazy that Gary player won it in 61. That was like before my parents were born. Yeah. It seems yeah. a little early too. And the guy's in incredible shape. Uh, so Thursday morning, he'll be one of the honorary starters, him and uh, Jack Nicholas, not Nicholson. We'll be teeing off. Uh, they just hit a tee shot on number one and kind of do like a little photo op. Uh, but Gary Player was in ESPN's body issue. It's probably been a while now, 10 or 15 years, but he was like 70 some years old and he was just like fit as a fucking racehorse. Yeah. yeah. And he, oh, go he ahead. was one of the first guys to be like really into fitness and golf. Yeah, uh, Mike's right, like way ahead of his time doing like stretches and different just body routines, uh, like way like in the 70s, even just, yeah, guys in phenomenal shape. Yeah, see, I feel like I'm confusing. I, I don't even know who I'm confusing him with, but like, I feel like Gary Player, like I see, but that doesn't make sense. He wears all black. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. We We can get off that, but. Yeah, in my head, I think I'm thinking of a different person that was like playing in the 2000s. He's also uh, he's also South African. Um, I always think it's really funny when guys who look just you know just a stereotypical white guy, and then all of a sudden they just have like this thick like Australian or uh, you know South African accent. Always just kind of throws me for a fiddle. Yeah, and like I said, I I don't know him well enough to to know that about him, but but yeah, I've been. Surprised by a couple dudes. All right, six, Mike. What is the name of the jacket that is awarded to the winner of the Masters tournament? The only thing I've ever heard it called is the green jacket. So that's what I'm calling it. Okay. I'm going to give it to you. It's called the Masters green jacket. But you got 50% of it. So that's a win. Gold right. jacket, green jacket. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Happy no one. All right. Who won the Masters? Who won the first Masters tournament, Meyer? Uh, well, it definitely wasn't him, but I'll say Bobby Jones. Horton Smith. Oh, good old Horton. I thought it was 19, Baker Vance. 1934. All right. Mike, what is the name of the tree that is located on the 17th hole of Augusta National? I don't know, Susie. Okay, <laughs> Eisenhower tree. So these these are getting a little deep. All right, this you might be able to get this one, Mark, to tie it up. Who holds the record for the lowest score ever at the Masters? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, ooh, did he do it that year? I'm gonna say Jordan Spieth. So it's Tiger Woods with a 18 under par in 1997. Yeah. Jeez, so super. Yeah, right around there, but so Mike, 
wins the championship. Mike, do you want to put some icing on the cake here? Mike's been getting good. He got Kevin and I want to say, yeah, I think it's that I got easy questions is what is going on here, but that's no, man, you're just a champ. You know, this no dominant. Uh, so last one, Mark, you can redeem yourself here. So how, how many amateur golfers are typically invited to play? Never mind. Nope. That one's too hard. Do you know how many amateur golfers are? Uh, let's see. I think the winner of the U.S. amateur is the winner of the British amateur. They probably like, like six to eight. I'm going to say six. Nailed it. Okay. So they, they invite a guy who wins like last Sunday too there, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, there's like a whole there. there's a whole checklist of um, guys who make it. So any past champions in the field. Uh, the top current top 50 of the world rankings prior to this past tournament weekend all get invited. Anybody who's won in this calendar year gets invited. Um, and then there's like other things for guys who have won other majors or finished top five and other majors get invited. Uh, but yeah, like that last one's a key one. If you haven't won a tournament and you were uninvited this past weekend, I don't even know who won. Uh, but if you win on that Sunday, then yeah, you get that last ticket to, to Augusta. So the last tournament is played. That's that's a golden ticket there. Yeah. Um, usually a lot of those guys sit out because it's not a great tune-up for playing uh, Masters weekend. But yeah, whoever won last weekend, if they weren't already invited, got, got the invite. That's pretty sweet. All right. We are going to start with our dumb questions section. So if you haven't listened to this show, Mark was our – were you – no, you weren't our first guest. I think we had Chris Jackie on. Yeah, our first you. guest ever was Chris Jackie. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was after Jackie. Okay, yeah. So we just been stepping it up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and we're cranking up the questions too. So Mark came on his first episode, and it was a fast food episode. So Mark solidified his expertise in the fast food field, and we've already kind of beat that horse to death and it's dead and we keep beating it but this is kind of a twist on it though so if you had to name your dick after a fast food item what would it be that's a really good one i'm gonna go taco bell or add fast food item yeah well then it's got to be the the taco bell hard taco I don't know. A hard taco. This is such a bad thing. I was looking more for like the Taco Bell, like the Taco Bell. It's gonna make the opposite. It was like no, no, no. I was gonna go with the Taco Bell, and I was gonna say because it makes you feel like shit. You might take a shit, but you're always coming back for more. You're like the. But they gotta have like a big beefy burrito or something, right? That you could. I should have said the Coney Island Double Dog. <laughs> so you got doable. Uh, you could have went with like a McDonald's big, the Big Mac, a Big Mac. That's good. Uh, wow, Whopper. Whopper. Speaking of that, uh, the Double Dog Coney Island. Did you guys ever see that thing on Reddit? The guy that claimed that he had two dicks, and I think it was a fraud. If you guys didn't see this, like you can look up two dick guy. Like, it was I'm this not... whole thing on Reddit, and like he. Like claim that he had two dicks, had pictures and everything, but then I guess he got called out and it wasn't true. I might have to pull it up. Um I'm not opposed to I think to that could be that. beneficial, probably. 
Like having two dicks might not be like the worst thing in the world. Might not yeah, be the best thing like, in the world either. He was like hanging double bong too. Like both were. Yeah. And they could work. Both yeah. of them worked. Yeah. But okay. it was interesting. Because, yeah, I I think it's plausible, but not like not probable to have two dicks. But I'm sure there's some mutation. Did you yeah, know that? I, I don't think you could have two like nice functioning dicks. Like it would be like one normal dick and then just like a little like. Like a nub or something. Baby dick. Yeah, like a nub. Yeah, I think you're distracting from the fact that you picked the worst. It's a good move. It's a good move. Totally deflecting. Mark's like, what would I name my genitalia? And it's taco like, Ball Hard Taco. The nice fish taco. <laughs> All right. But yeah, big miss without Whopper, Double Dog. I'm trying to think of another one. Mike oh, KFC said, Twister. The twister. Oh, like big it. and tasty. Ooh, oh, I think that's a good think, one. <laughs> that one might have won it. But anyways, we're we're talking about genitalia still. Did you guys know Jamie Lee Curtis has testicles? No. No. Okay. I just found that out today. But I don't know. There's a whole backstory to it. They're they're in her. So they don't like she doesn't dangle out testicles but so like, anyways, okay Interesting. no you can ask your question if you if you got it well it's like that's like a medical condition isn't it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i would imagine so it's you know to some extent right right so yeah, you, I, is she like producing testosterone and so i think what happens is like so she was a girl in the womb, but then her mother had like a, a burst of testosterone. Like you can get to like big bursts of testosterone. And then I think it fucks it up. But there, there's quite a few people out there. Apparently, I, I don't know. I've never met somebody that openly admitted it to me, but like that have that condition. But I just thought it was interesting today because apparently in the like 96 97 like it was a big deal like she came out and said all that and i was like did i was i the one that just missed that but i wasn't so that's made me feel better about myself because i was sitting in in a class today and i was like i had no clue that she had testicles up inside of her wait did they mention this in the class Mm-hmm. yeah because it was, it was like gender roles and stuff like that so okay. I was going to say you were just like sitting in class thinking about Jamie Lee Curtis's just Googling it. Like (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis had testicles. Yeah. It just came to me guys. All right. So we're going to keep it on fast food for one more question. And then we're going to roll into the real ones. So Mark, if you had to make your master's meal out of all fast food items, where are you going? I didn't I didn't so, prep Mark for this one either. So I feel bad. No, so that. Mark, we're gonna I'm gonna give you a break. I'm gonna list off my menu, right? Okay, so great. what I want to add it, and so you can kind of be thinking about yours as yeah. you're going. I think Pat's gonna do his as well. All right, I will. Yeah. All right. So um I'm gonna go with Arby's Buffalo Chicken Sandwich. Boo. Fantastic. Um I know last time we talked about fast food, uh you guys went with Culver's like buffalo chicken sandwich, but they uh, bake their buffalo sauce into the chicken 
and I'd rather have it just like slathered on there, right? Like put on like barbecue sauce or like a, like a sauce on top of the sandwich instead of strawberry shake for my drink, Culver's cheese curds for my appetizer. And then like a Reese's doesn't matter where it's from McFlurry blizzard, like cement mix or whatever they have at Culver's. Yeah, have, it's going to be two. You have two ice cream dishes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one's a drink. A strawberry shake is a drink. The McFlurry is a ice cream dish. Is there a fast and then, food? Yeah, and I would do that, right? I would have a drink, my shake with the meal and then get ice cream at afterwards too. I think, I think your meal sucks. <laughs> Jesus. I'm get, I'm about I'm about to right. blow it out of the water here real quick. So we're gonna we're gonna start with our appetizers, and our appetizers are gonna be a chicken quesadilla from Taco Bell, and then we're gonna have some Coney Island cheese curds. Then the main course we're gonna bring out a baconator with a side of French fries, and then for dessert. We are going to clean it up with a cookie dough blizzard from Dairy Queen. And is there any fast food place where you can get beer? There's got to be one. Uh, I mean, like a Taco Bell, the cantinas. So I've never been to one. So, I, I mean, I think they, they definitely have booze. Um, I would assume they serve beer then, too. So we're going to have beer during my meal, too. Not Like, not I think Pizza Hut shit. had beer. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you can get beer at a Pizza Hut back when you could sit down, for sure. Yeah, I didn't even think about going pizza with it. But yeah, chicken quesadilla, uh, cheese curds, baconator, cookie dough blizzard, top it off. Great. What do you got? Uh, The chicken quesadilla was a great pull. It was in my mind. Um, All right. So for our appetizers, we're going to have a nice bowl of uh, Wendy's chili accented with a Pizza Hut breadstick. Um, (laughs) uh, Or for the main course. We're going to have a little burger competition here. Uh, so you can mix and match however you want. You're going to have a Five Guys burger and an In-N-Out burger, both fries um, as well. So you can kind of do an In-N-Out burger with a Five Guys fry. You can go full Five Guys, full In-N-Out, whatever you want. Um, and then for dessert, we're bringing in the whole Cold Stone uh, bar, and you can just kind of make your own dessert. Damn. Mark, Mark knows what's up. He does, but he picks the like worst breadstick on the face of the planet. Oh, I disagree with that one. Where's yeah, got I, better? I, I, a Fazoli's breadstick might have been a little better. Ooh, so I'm a I'm a big fan of Fazoli's. I do not. I'm not a big fan of Pizza Hut, but I'm not a big fan of like Rockies either. I think both those do it pretty terribly. So yeah, Rockies for me is definitely a like twice a year thing, and I have to be really in the mood for it. And when that day comes, it it hits hard. I think I think you can get kind of sick from Rockies ones too, but I love Rockies ones because they're like a little bit doughier, and then the cheese sauce that you can dip them in. Yeah. But Pizza Hut, I think, is great with the chili that you mentioned. Like, I think I think that's what blended it. Because yeah. if you put a uh, Rocky Rococo's breadstick into that chili. I don't think that's going to be as good. It's not going to hold up. It's got no integrity. Yeah, no. You need a nice, stiff 
one right there. You could have went with a breadstick, Mark, and yeah. you go with a <laughs> taco. <laughs> a nice Mike, stiff. Mark, crunchy taco. <laughs> crunchy <Yeah>. taco. <laughs> Mark. I think I might have a new introduction. That we're super tasty. Yeah, Mark and his <laughs> crunchy taco. Sounds like you got like a nasty vagina you're bringing to the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get let's get into the golf stuff. So, we were talking a little bit before the show, and and I mean, you know, it's the Masters. Everybody knows it's in Augusta, like the history of the course. I'm pretty sure if you listen to our last year's um show you can you can figure out some of that uh mark broke that down pretty good on there so we're gonna try to keep it a little bit relevant and the first question we got for you is i guess what are your thoughts on the live tour in general at this point like have you been able to keep up with it or have you found a good way to um frankly i could give a shit like it's it's too hard to find right now. Um, their coverage is getting awful, awful ratings. Uh, you know, ESPN's not even really carrying it. It's it's too hard for me to follow. Um, a lot of the guys playing, other than Brooks Kepka, was a guy that I really liked. Are also golfers that I really don't care about. They're either past their prime, or you know, too low of average tour players. That yeah, just doesn't really interest me. Yeah, then. It is interesting though. It's like, cause it seemed like a cool concept, but yeah, no one bought into it, but they, they got our boy, uh, Tringali in there. That was our original golfer that we were going to start <laughs> following on the show. Um, so it, it did change some things with the PGA though. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so the PGA this year, um, I don't remember exactly what they, they call it. Full Swing does a really good breakdown. That's a new uh, Netflix documentary. If people haven't seen that, definitely check that out. Even if you aren't a golf fan, it's uh, it's a really good watch if you like uh, documentaries. Um, but yeah, this year, uh, the PGA Tour is doing higher purses for um, all their tournaments. And then there's, uh, I want to say, eight events outside the majors that are featured events or something uh, where the purses are even higher and those top 20 players like have to commit to like six of eight of them or seven of eight of them. So just trying to get guys to come out for uh, more of these casual tournaments that you wouldn't necessarily see a lot of the big names at. Um, but yeah, the, the live has definitely made the PGA increase their, their prize money. And I think it's also just gotten a little conversation going for golf, which can be a little stale at times. So at least this has sparked a little some interest. Yeah. I, I'm curious how it went down. I mean, a little bit before our time, but like when the ABA came on the scene with the NBA and then the NBA had to buy them out, but then it made the NBA better because some of the stuff that the ABA was doing. And, I, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Cause like you said, guys like Brooks Kepka, it would be cool to see him play in the one centered like this is the best place to see golfers. And I guess yeah. every sport's kind of had it in some way, shape, or form. Right. Um, I'd always wish that the, I mean, the NBA is starting to get there a little bit with the G League, but um, I really wish the NFL could pick up like the XFL and have it just be like those six or eight teams, but really have it be a feeder system uh, for potential prospects into the NFL. Um, I know football has always been one that, 
we've been lacking. But with Americans liking football so much, I'm just surprised that no secondary league has ever really caught on. Yeah, and we've touched on that before because what what we got the XFL and like the American Football League now or yeah. whatever. And you think you just have enough talent there to just have the NFC North has a feeder, the AFC South has whatever. Every division has a feeder, but yeah, I agree. I think that that's a great idea. Yeah, um, if I could just go back to touch on Liv real quick, um, they have done a couple things that I think are are pretty cool. They're going down to three round tournaments. Everyone makes a cut. I don't really like that everyone makes a cut, but. The three-day tournament is kind of exciting. Four four days can get a little long. I don't know when you would make that cut. Maybe just you play two rounds and then you know you cut it down for just that last day. Um, they also have a team element. Uh, so four guys are on a team and you can win individually or as a team, which I think is a cool little wrinkle. Um, and they stay with those same teams throughout the year. So if the PGA were to do something like that and then just have a, a team standings along with some individual stuff for the FedEx Cup. I think that would be kind of cool. Would that be how would how would you imagine those teams? So live everybody sponsored by the same people, right? Um, would it be like sponsorship teams? Would you be building teams? Would it be like racing teams? Yeah, I don't know. Work? I don't know how that would go go out. Like, would would all the Titleist guys kind of be together? Or, I mean, there's a lot of Titleist guys, but right, yeah, all the tailor made guys, pink, like whatever have you. Like, would you go by your club sponsor? Would you go by your equipment sponsor? So, like a Nike, Adidas, Titleist, Footjoy, that sort of route. Yeah, that would be interesting. Or, you know, could you just play with your buddies? I'd be like, hey, I'm playing with Pat, Mike, and Tiger. That's going to be my my four man squad. You definitely still lose by a lot. Yeah, but we'd have Tiger. We'd have fun. Yeah, be too drunk, but yeah, three days of playing eighteen holes, eight four days. And, Holy shit! And you got to walk that shit. Yeah, and you got to walk. I mean, I guess you're not carrying your clubs, but I mean, I get. I love playing golf. I say that I hate it all the time, but you know, I I play back to back days, and I. I'm tired. I can tell my swing is getting lazy. I'm not focusing as much. It's yeah, it's tough for me to even play back to back days, let alone four. Yeah, and that's with a cart, right? You don't go yeah. without a cart. I mean, I I walk here and there. I do. I walk the par three course at my local spot, but no shit's yeah. Really take a cart all day. I guess I could do that, but uh, yeah, I'm not playing golf while walking i think the last time i walked i tried to carry beers along with me and that's that's just an ass pain carrying yeah beers. i mean that's half the battle i i drink pretty much every time i play so i mean where am i going to set my beers i don't want to just carry it but yeah it would be interesting to get some sort of team aspect but yeah the, the, the way you guys laid out some good points that it's like kind of hard because you couldn't really do it nascar wise but I guess you could have like an owner that's like paying guys to be on his team some way, shape or fashion and do it more like a, a MLB or whatever NFL or something like that. But, but we can move on to the next subject we got. So what is the best story that you think we have going into the weekend? Well, I think everyone's just kind of excited to see what Tiger's going to do. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. Um, 
Me personally, I don't know if this is a question down the road. I'm just hoping he makes the cut. He can stay healthy. Um, you know, the weekend's always better when Tiger's around. Uh, the other thing would be Rory McIlroy, really on top of his game right now, uh, looking to close out his career Grand Slam at Augusta. I think that would be a great story. You know, he's one of the top favorites right up there with with Scotty Scheffler, who's been as dominant as anybody's been the last year, year and a half in golf. Um, and then, you know, just the live guys finally coming back, getting a chance to to play a tournament alongside with all these PGA guys. Um, they're coming out. Bubba Watson had a good interview the other day saying that um, this wasn't like really that big of a deal and the media is blowing it out of proportion. But I think when it comes right down to it, we'll we'll see a little bit, um, whether it be from the patrons being against live or um, that there's a little bit more animosity that um, is maybe a little under the surface. Yeah. And I mean, that that was one of our questions. Like, do you think the golfers themselves? So, like, I'm a PGA guy. Like, you know, do you think they're carrying the flag for their stuff? Um, I think on the surface, if you're a Rory, uh, a Justin Thomas, a Tiger Woods, like you're gonna pump the PGA Tour publicly as much as you can. Um, but Brooks Kepka said that you know him and Rory, they all like all these people live in. Um, I think it's Hollywood, Florida, somewhere down in Florida. Um, that him and Rory like were hanging out the other day for like an hour and you know shooting the shit and it was like same old same old. So I think in a media wise and like in a public way like all these guys are going to promote it um but I don't think it's really really dampening a lot of personal relationships but we'll see. I mean guys like Patrick Reed who nobody liked to begin with now you even have a bigger excuse to to want to root against him now that he's a live guy. Yeah. And I guess that makes sense. Cause yeah, you're not going to just shit on somebody for going to get some money in an easier way. Or I guess, I guess maybe you could, but, but yeah. All right. So then how well do you think Phil is going to do this weekend? I, I mean, Phil's been playing from the little bit of live that I followed just with Phil being such a big guy and um, a guy that's won the masters um he's been playing awful he hasn't really done anything since he's gone over there um i would be shocked if phil made the cut um i think it would be good i guess obviously for golf he's a big name and just for to see the reactions throughout the weekend for or for phil but i don't see him doing anything i could see him definitely towards the bottom of the leaderboard so don't put that 100 for the plus 20,000 on on Phil this weekend. Well, I'll never say never. I wouldn't put a hundred on it though. That's a little. We'll uh, all right. We'll put 99 on that one. There you go. I think that's fair. All right. And then realistically, who give us like four guys that you think are going to win this thing. Um, okay. I'll give you Obviously, like our guys that are at the top of their game, the Scotty Schefflers, the Rory McElroys, those guys are playing the best this year. They're both consistent. Now, Rory historically usually has a very bad round sometime in the four days at Augusta. Um, but if Rory can put all four days together, I would say that he's the betting favorite. Um, Scotty's just been so consistent, like I said, the last year and a half. So I would say those two would be my personal favorites. Uh, John Rahm, another favorite up there, but I think he's been a little inconsistent this year after his really hot start. Um, 
a name that I'm going to throw in there that's kind of a dark horse guy that finished really well. Um, I think he got second when they played there in October when Justin Johnson won is uh, Sung J M, uh, South Korea. He's been having a good year. He's gone off at 35 to one. I think that's kind of a little heady pick if you're looking for somebody in that middle of the pack. I like that was going to be my like sleeper that. pick for this next thing. So. All right. Next that question. Might have been showing my hand a little bit too. No, no, that's what that was the plan was to to let you uh, give us all the picks and we're just going to steal them from them. And then the last question we got before we get into our draft that I'll explain after you answer this is who is the like who is a prominent player that you would say? That has a, I guess, a good chance to miss the cut, like a Will Zalatoris or, or someone that's. Been... Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good name to say. Uh, Zalatoris has played well uh, both times that he's played there. Um, guy that I really like too, you know, Happy Gilmore's caddy, but his putting has been really bad. He's been battling some injuries, so uh, Zalatoris would be a good good pick if you want to kind of go on that do not pass line and that the will not make the cut um, odds. And another one that I'm going to say, and this is just historically these guys, you know, they're either contending or they're usually not around. Uh, They're Patrick Cantlay or Xander Shoffley. I think both of them are tremendously talented. Uh, Both could win this weekend. Um, But usually I see one rise to the top and the other one having a really bad bad weekend in these majors. So one of those uh, big favorites, either Cantley or Shoffley to miss a cut. All right. Staying away from them. So now we are going to get into the, so we had Riley last year when we were going to do this. And I think we only did four and then we cut one, but so we're going to pick five golfers. So in a snake draft order, we're going to start with Mark because he took last place the last time we did this. And that's not giving you enough due credit. I think you crushed us the first two that we did. And then we tried to record a podcast on uh, Riverside, where you you absolutely, like, your picks for that one were perfect. I can't remember. It was like, yeah, that was, uh, I, I remember like we at least posted to Twitter and I feel like four of my guys, four of the five guys were like in the top 10 or three of the four. And I had Cameron Smith winning the tournament, which he did. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a really good one. I think that was the open championship. Cause there was two. Yeah. You had Cameron young and I think you had Cameron Smith and it was both those guys were like duking it out at the top of it for a long time. But anyways, we're going to pick five golfers. Uh, We get to cut the worst one. And then I'm going to add the stipulation in. If you get the winner, you get to take five strokes off of your final score. So picking the winner is pretty helpful in this. But we are going to start with Mark. And Mark, do you have a list up or do you want me to share something? Yeah, I got got a list here. Um, And just to be clear, like we're not doing... Uh, I know we did nations for one of these drafts. Like you had to have. Oh yeah, that's right. Couldn't couldn't double yeah, up, we had, right? We had countries or we did continents. I don't. Yeah. See, I love that. 
too, but the article where it made it easy for me to do that usually doesn't come out till like Wednesday morning and we're recording this on Tuesday. So it's, it's hard to chop them up, but yeah, we're, we're not going to do that for the masters. Um, I bet we'll probably have you on for whatever the open or the British open or whatever it's called now going to be and that's that's going to be our international draft we'll we'll set that standard so lead us off mark um all right uh to lead off i'm going to go with last year's champion scotty shuffler uh i just think he's the most consistent guy on tour right now i can't imagine him playing uh having a poor round uh either the first two days i think he's a safe bet to make the cut uh now there have only been three guys that have ever won back to back Green jackets. So I think that's a tall order for Scotty to win. But I also think he's going to be there on Sunday. So I'm going to go with Scotty Shuffler. A nice safe pick. Mike, what do you got? So I'm going to take a nice safe one and take McElroy as well. So Mike's going with Rory. All right. I am going to be safe in the first one too. Rom is going to be my boy. Then I think I'm going to go into some of my favorites and I'm going to take Mark's boy off the bat. I'm going to go with Kepka. I think uh, we're going to see some. I think we're going to see some live pride out of him. Mike, who do you got? Uh, I'll take Justin Thomas. All right, Mike's going with Thomas on this one. Mark, who do you got here? All right, so I get back-to-backs here. I'm going to go with uh, Jordan Spieth, um, Augusta's favorite son. And I will take Jason Day, who's having a little bit of a resurgence to his career. I think a good weekend here would really be a cherry on top to his kind of comeback tour. Yeah, plus 2,500. So an Australian. So you go American-American-Australian. Mike. What are you doing? I know we're not doing the countries, but I'm fascinated. I think that's that's a tick I have in my head. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm just going to stay kind of pat here and go with uh, Tony Finau. Is that right? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Do you know who, do you know who his uh, cousin is? Oh, I'd love to know. Jabari Parker. I always thought that was kind of cool. Oh, I thought it was going to be some joke. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Finau is Mormon. Well, so is Jabari from Utah. Okay. Yeah, I do remember that now. That makes sense now. I never made that connection until like just now, Pat. But yeah, I didn't know Tony Finau was Mormon, but I I guess I'm assuming he is from Utah and he's got a big family and I don't think he drinks. So. I think you're right. All right. Good clues right there. Good clues. I'm going to go with the international theme, and I'm going to go with Fitzpatrick with my third pick. Matthew Fitzpatrick. And it's weird looking at this list. I probably should have looked at it uh, more closely. But who who is the guy? This this might be cheating. you said there was a South Korean guy, Siwoo Kim? Yeah, Siwoo Kim's South Korean, I think. I don't know. Sure, go with Siwoo. He's, he's, he's probably South Korean. That is not the guy that uh, Mark said, though. I'm <laughs> going to go 
with Adam Scott. I'm going to keep this international pool going. All right. Screw uh, Siwoo Kim. Yeah, so I'm going <laughs> to... I was, yeah. See, I need to jump on him now. I know I do because you're going to take him. <laughs> I'm going to take him. <laughs> um, I'll take uh, Cam Smith. Oh, I would. That's that, such a good late pick. That's fine. Uh, I'm going to take the guy I was talking about. I'm going to take Sung JM and set four. So I got my last pick here. Yep. I think there's a better pick probably out there, but I'm a big Max Homa fan, uh, a homosexual, a homosexual as they call him. Uh, big following on Twitter. If you don't follow Max Homa, definitely start doing that. Uh, so Max Homa is going to be my last pick. You're a homo with a crunchy taco for <laughs> <laughs> genitalia. All right, Mike, uh, who do you got? I'm going to take Colin Morikawa. Oh, that's a great, great late pick. Then I am going to clean it up. I got to get Mike's in here. And I am going to clean it up. And I'm going to go with my boy from Ireland, Shane Lowry. Thanks, Shane. And I did. Did you go with a different? You did the international one? (laughs) International? I did it anyways. I'm going to win it. It's going to be a checkerboard or uh, I don't even know. It won't be a checkerboard because that would only be two two different ones. But it's going to be a rainbow at the top of the leaderboard here, and I'm going to win it. But that is what we got for our master's preview. Mark, you got any closing words that you would like to say? I, I got nothing. Just really enjoy the weekend, guys. It's the greatest weekend in golf. Um, it truly is. Uh, there's nothing like that. That master's music, especially on Sunday when you're usually nursing a little bit of a hangover. Something that will really get you going. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. We got Easter, Sunday. Yep. So we're going to be good to go. I'm going to be watching the crap out of it. I can usually trick my wife into saying that at least two of the golf tournaments are really important, but when they start happening too often. So we haven't had a really important one in a while. So I I will be watching the crap out of it. I have to say, I apologize. I missed the uh, happy Gilmore reference earlier in the show. Left you hanging there. All good. Was there, there's there a response to that? Well, I don't yeah, know. I guess I didn't know how to I guess you could have pity laughed, a little fake laugh. Next time. Next time I got you. Yeah, yeah, we got you. Perfect. As always, though, thanks, Mark. You are one of our favorites. You always get the numbers up for us. And peace out, Mark. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Pat. Take care. Thank you, Mark. And that was our interview with Super Taster Mark that might have earned himself a new nickname. It might be a crunchy Super taco. Crunchy Taco. <laughs> Super Crunchy Taco. Mark goes with probably the nastiest name you could think of for genitalia in in a shot. 
Yeah, and that like we do go through and we get a couple of good ones. So make you get make sure you guys go check that out. Um, but Mark was put on the spot, and things are things like that are tough sometimes when you're put on the spot, which makes it way more fun. Yeah, a hard, crunchy taco though. That was. But yeah, I don't know how I would respond. So this conversation yeah. came up with like me and my wife and I was just like naming fast food items that I would call my wiener. And how and how long before she was like, just fucking stop. I mean, it happened immediately. But like, you know how sometimes <laughs> like when you're capable of making yourself laugh, which yeah. I'm very capable of, it just makes other people laugh because you're laughing. So it's like she gets screwed because she still laughs because like I'm finding it funny when I'm coming up with the Whopper, the big and tasty, the quarter pounder with cheese. (laughs) That would be a kind of gross one too, though. If you give her a quarter pounder with some cheese on it. With some cheese on it? (laughs) Hell yeah. Throw some cheese on that bitch. Yeah, but uh, thanks again to Mark for coming on, doing that for us breaking it down making us understand the masters just a little bit better it's always always a fun time with mark yeah all timer him him and keel go above and beyond to help us out and we really appreciate it i know the people listening usually tune in more when those two guys are coming on too so we know they're good so thank thank you mark uh for coming on and doing that for us but let's roll into it, Mike. Let's let's keep this one quick. So what are your overs and unders for the week? So I had to sign up for a personality assessment for a class that I'm taking at work. Um, and basically, it gives you your strengths. I forget the exact um, test that it is. But I spelled my name wrong, my last name wrong when I put in my username. So it's usually <laughs> just like MJ Doherty or whatever. And then like, but I... I missed the E in my name. And so I couldn't re-sign into this thing. And I needed this paperwork for my class today from this assessment so that like I could break down all the shit that I do well or whatever. But it it was just annoying, right? Like I'm like searching all over the place to try to find my username. Usually like you forget a password that will give you your password, like no problem. Like finding your username always feels way more difficult to me. It and so is, I did that. But I feel like they smartened it up, like where your username is usually like your email or like you put your email in and then you make a username. Yeah. But you can. And that's how I got it. Email. Okay. Yeah, and that's how I got it is that like my email was connected to it somehow. Right. And so things ended up working out. Okay. But it was like, it was still kind of annoying to, to have to do that. Yeah. Thank God it wasn't an intelligence test where you're spelling your last name wrong right yeah just just fucked it up but i must have just hit the keys too quick right just skipped over the e but no let's hear let's hear you spell it let's just prove that you can spell it because you so, spell it wrong in your twitter name too like you can't even figure yes it out. yes so my twitter name was taken right and so i wanted something simple i didn't want numbers or underscores or anything like that um not sure why because the only reason i got onto twitter was to follow the baseball trade deadline that must have been in like 2010, 11, somewhere in there. Uh, but uh, D-O-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. Wrong. <laughs> According to my uh, 
Twitter name. That is not it, but that's that's okay. Yep. I did try to shorten it to Doherty at one point in my life, um, just D O R T Y, and my English teacher was not happy about it. <laughs> um, I don't think my parents cared too much, but like I decided that I didn't need all the extra letters, and so I was just not going to use them when I was. I don't know, probably a senior or junior in high school. Oh, I know when I was young, I definitely was going by Pat. I was like, yeah, just because. Yeah. Yeah. If you look back, I don't know if I knew how to spell my last name. And and this is going to correlate into my under uh, until like maybe third grade. I didn't know how to spell it like confidently. I don't think. Oh, interesting. I mean, I don't know when I learned how to spell. Yeah, no, I I can't really. But all right. And then so for my over, I've been attempting to make Cadbury eggs. Right. And I'm just using like plastic Easter eggs to like make a hollow chocolate thing. And then I was going to fill them later. And I haven't tried to fill them or nothing yet. But I do. I have gotten a couple of eggs that are like hollowed out and all the way around. And I got the like the plastic shell off there, so I'm pretty excited about that. That's coming up this week. What did you fill them with? Like so it's just I frosting? haven't filled them with anything yet. So I'm gonna fill. I think Cadbury actually uses like a fondant of some sort, like which is oh. what you like a. It's a harder like frosting that you put on cakes, but I don't think that's like actually what's in it because it's actually like a creamy type thing so it's like a runny fondant i think is what is in there for the cream filled ones and then i was going to use like a a french silk pie recipe which is like a solid chocolate like a kind of like a fluffy chocolate like what's in three musketeers bars kind of but it has to be cold otherwise it doesn't set up right and then i was thinking about doing some caramel ones too damn yeah, you you seem like you're a big Easter candy guy. I think Easter candy kind of sucks. Like the Cadbury eggs, like that grosses me out. The peeps, are you a peep dude? I could eat peeps. They're just marshmallows, I think, right? Oh man. My mom loves peeps, but I, I can't get behind. I, I don't like marshmallows though, either. The only marshmallows I kind of like are the ones that I don't think are actual marshmallows that were in the packets of hot chocolate. Oh yeah. So those are like, um, uh, shoot the cereal ones. What's yeah, the little leprechaun like cereal, lucky charm ones. Cause they're yeah. like stale almost there. Those are pretty good too. I like those. Yeah. I don't know. What I, so, but like, about I can eat like any sweet in the world. Like I do not care. Not me. I am like looking forward to Easter. I'm going to break my stuff on Saturday due to the fact that uh, we're celebrating my son's birthday on Saturday. So like I'm breaking my stuff on Saturday. Going to go like whole hog. Isn't it done on Friday? No. So I think that the the whole purpose is like you go through Sunday morning, but my mom said the same thing that Friday at one o'clock you're supposed to be done because that's when Jesus dies. But like, I was actually looking for loopholes in this whole thing. Did we talk about loopholes last time on the podcast? We We did, but I was cool with the loopholes and you, you were like, no loopholes are for suckers. No, not the Sunday thing. The Sunday thing is for suckers. That's for fucking babies who don't know how to do shit. Uh, But like, so I was thinking about this and like, so 
this last Sunday is Palm Sunday, right? So Palm Sunday is the day that he comes back to the city from the desert in theory. So I don't really know, like people who actually know the Bible are probably screaming about what I'm saying right now. I'm going to know it soon enough. I'm going to read it this summer. Yeah. So, but this is the way I look at it. So um, Ash Wednesday, he goes to the desert, lives in the desert for 40 days without food, right? Palm Sunday, he comes back to the city. He comes into the he comes back to the city from the east. The Romans are coming from the west or whatever. People are laying down all the palms so that he can walk on the palms and not on the dirty streets. Are you telling me that he comes back to the city and doesn't eat food? I man, that's that's why I need to read the Bible. I Yeah, so like he he comes back and at the very least, at the very least, so then he at some point goes and he's up in some I forget where he's on some like mountain or some hill and he's praying and all his people fall asleep. And then that's when the soldiers scoop him up, take him away. But he had a last supper before that. So that would have been sometime during Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Right. And then no, no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then on Thursday, he's carrying the cross, they hang him up on the cross. And then the next day he dies. So like he's eating food in there. So I don't understand why I have to go longer than Jesus does. Yeah, no, I think you're good. I think I think you just justified <laughs> it right there. But yeah, like everything but, you just said right there is over my head when it comes to to Bible talk. And the last time I was at church, like it was a Palm Sunday, and I did not get that that was like I d- I didn't know they laid out things for him to walk on. That's so he didn't have to work on the dirty streets. Well, I don't know if it's the dirty streets, but that's the whole purpose of Palm Sunday is that like they were laying those in front of Jesus's feet. Jeez. Yeah. No, I mean, I get like way too distracted in church too. Like maybe I'd be better at like an older age. I think I went to Palm Sunday in like 2017 or something like that. That sounds right. And I was just too distracted by my self-consciousness of being back in church. And then like the big fans and like the light bulbs (laughs) at the top of it. Like I'm like, who's who's changing those bitches? Cause that looks scary. That person is getting too damn close to Jesus, too damn close to God. Yeah. Those people like, so people who are really close to Jesus, like in theory, they should not, they should be cool with like death. Yeah. So they probably are. I mean, honestly, because if you're like, if you're like doing what you think is right, you should be cool with dying. Yeah, right? changing, in in theory, it's better. Changing one of those light bulbs or hanging one of those ceiling fans you got in there, shit is nuts. Those guys are crazy. Yep, yep. They probably use a lift though. Yeah, and that's not that. It's scary. probably not a ladder. It's just a lift. Yeah. You remember when they would use the lifts at the fitness center and then they would leave them with the keys in there? Yeah, I've been to the ceiling know. of the Rumpel Fitness Center before. I don't know if I ever went up in those. Yeah, I was working with more degenerate people than us. but who knows? So but like you guys fun. probably weren't doing it around me, right? So you're probably like, Mike's in the pool. Let's just fucking putz with this shit. Oh no, we would be like, fuck Mike. He can he can go cry. No, they'd be like, himself. Mike's gonna tell on us. Yeah, I knew what I was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. how was your week? 
It, no, mine was good. Um, I'll lead with my under. My under just happened right before the show. And I'm trying to think of how transparent I want to be with this. So I, I will be transparent with it. So uh, like people know, if they've been listening to school, like I'm or to sh- the show, I am back in school. And so like when I was in high school, I took this long ass test that uh, said I was dyslexic. So now that I'm like moving further into like my school career, like I was always kind of like, hey, I'm I'm not going to use this. Because when I found out I was dyslexic, I was like, I'm not doing shit anymore. I'm dyslexic. Like that, that was like the mindset I took with it. So like, Perfect. Perfect. so like when I joined the military and everything, I was like, I, I'm not even going to talk about being a dyslexic person or, or anything along those lines. Like, I don't want to give myself like a crutch, but like the further I'm going into school, like there's some aspects where I see that shit is kind of like harder to be dyslexic and like yeah. do shit. And I have a teacher that was open about not open about like it's not like a weird thing to be open about but like he he mentioned he was dyslexic and stuff and i was like shit i still haven't talked to him yet but like i want to ask if he like documented it so like maybe he got some more time on a test to read or something along yeah. those lines so i was asking my mom if she still had like my test results of like when i got diagnosed that that even sounds weird to me diagnosed with dyslexia and she and she didn't get back to me like right away but like a week later she was like hey i found your uh test results and i was like oh thank god thank thank you for you're not dyslexic no 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 i i wish that was the case but she found these notes and then she starts reading to them reading me the results and it was like he has a 92 iq which is uh, like basically it was like the nicest way to call me terrible (laughs) was like terrible but it ain't good either (laughs) it was like the nicest way to call me a dumbass and he's like which is below average like cognitive ability but i would i'll get the results maybe i'll I'll read the line that you read to me, but like it, it did like kind of like slap me in the face. Like where I was like, maybe I didn't want to hear the results of this fucking <laughs> test. Cause like, I basically, I called the dipshit like right to my face. Yeah. So I think that it's probably hard to hear shit like that, but like, the IQ piece of that has to be a big piece of the fact that you're dyslexic, right? Because that that test isn't written for someone who has dyslexia, right? And so, like, that's going to lower your IQ score anyway. Yeah, and I took it when I was 14. And I'm still kind of, like, scatterbrained, pretty easy to... So I would say like if I have a job that I know what I need to do and like how to do it, I'm very good at getting that done. Like I can lock into that 
and get it done. Like if you're like, hey, do this remedial task for five hours or whatever, like just get this shit done. Like I'm a hard worker. I can do that shit. But like when it's like shit, I actually have to like think about my patience just isn't good with that. Like where I'll just start mailing things in. And you better believe when I was 14. It was worse. Oh, way worse. So that that's going to be my excuse to make me feel better. But it was kind of funny, like when I was talking to my mom, because she read it. And then like after she read it, I think she even was like, maybe I shouldn't have read that out loud. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that, that sounded a little mean. But yeah, that was my under. Um, and then I was trying to like laugh it off with her on the phone. And I think and you were kind tell- yeah, I could. You were kind of upset about it, right? Yeah, I think she could tell I was like limping a little bit about it. Like, like I was like, oh. yeah. I was hoping she was gonna just lean into it and just look like and rip you apart. Oh no, my mom's way too. <laughs> no, I know she wouldn't. But then for my over, so I've been trying to get a hundred. I had drill this last week, and I've been trying to get a hundred on my PT test. Didn't happen. So. Should have maybe been in my under category, but when I realized, so I need to run like a 935 in a mile and a half, which I think I looked up and it's like a 620 minute mile pace is what I have to keep to, to get a hundred. Anyways, I broke a nine minute mile or I know I broke a, a 10 minute mile and a half. I got a 959. I was sprinting when I seen those numbers coming up just to break 10 broke. That's good though. So yeah, no, it was, it was real good. So uh, I'll take that. And the time I did get a hundred on the run part of it, I was probably 20 pounds lighter. So I'm carrying 20 more pounds than, than the time. And I'm running about 40 seconds slower than that, but, but I was happy. I was just happy to break 10. That, that was kind of my goal when I was like, ah, I did not train right for this. Cause I mean, we talked about it on the show. I ran a half marathon like the, I don't know, month before. So I wasn't focusing on training to run a short distance fast, but locked yeah. in next year. I got it though. That's all I got. Yeah. So I've like, I, so I'm at like, so I, I said, I got on two scales today and one was 183 and one was 186. And they were literally three minutes apart from each other. Not even, I walked down the hallway. Right. So I went to the gym and got on the scale in the gym and I thought it was really light. Cause I was 192 yesterday on the one on our unit. And so then I stand on the one on the unit and it was 186. But I'm getting I'm getting pretty low. Anything under 190 is pretty impressive for me. So yeah, that's good. Cause yeah, that's where I want to 186 is where I want to be. Cause I, I think I weighed in at 196. So 10 yeah, so, than you. So depending on where I'm at when I go back to work tomorrow, I might fast for the till Friday just to get under 180. I haven't been under one. I don't think I've been under 180 unless it was like 179.8. Um, and that for like a minute since high school, I haven't been under 180. 
yeah, you're crazy. Just so that might be the goal. Well, yeah, you got to have goals in life, man. That's my goal. <laughs> and then once you're under 180, what are you going to do with that goal? Oh, I'm going to, on Saturday, I'm going to eat pizza and drink beer and fucking probably have eight pieces of French toast to start my day. Okay. You sold me on it. Other than the French toast part, go with like pancakes or waffles or something. Better. So it's French toast with peanut butter and jelly on them. Answer. Yeah. You are a gross. Maybe butter too. Mm. Ooh, man. It's good stuff. Yuck. All right. Let's keep it rolling. So let's. Let's go with the final four. So we had Miami versus UConn. UConn whooped the ever-living shit out of Miami. I think I kind of yep. watched that one more. That game wasn't my- really close at all either. Right? So that game like felt out of hand most of the most of the game. I went to bed early thinking UConn's got this in the bag. Yeah. And they, they had a 13-point lead at half. And they kept it throughout the rest of the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it probably like wavered a little bit, but they ended up winning by 13 at the end of the game. And then we had an all-timer in the Florida Atlantic-San Diego State game where it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then what was the dude's name that hit the shot? I didn't write um, notes. It I wasn't Butler. Was it Butler? No. It could be. I don't remember who hit the shot late, but he hit a buzzer beater, send San Diego State into the final. If square off against UConn, and then UConn whoops the ever-living shit out of San Diego State in the championship San, game. Yeah, and San Diego State brought it within five or six with like three minutes to go, and then kind of it fell apart again, and they ended up losing by 17 maybe. Um, sounds sounds good enough to me. I probably should have documented that in here. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, it was another- they lost by double they ended up losing by double digits. Um game got away from them again. So is kind of what it is. Congratulations to the Yukon men, men's team dominating. I guess there's cousins on that Angel Reese's cousins with one of the guys from the Yukon team too, and they are both national champions, which is kind of weird. We talked about cousins one other time in the podcast. You guys can, you guys, yeah, yeah, you guys know you you correlated it. Yeah, Yeah. so Connecticut wins one seventy six or not one seventy six seventy six to fifty nine. Seventeen. That's what I said. Yep, you you nailed it. But yeah, just looking back at Connecticut's run through this, though, I'm gonna be pulling it up on my phone. So if you're looking. At YouTube, you'll see me doing all the work on my phone. So, yeah, and so, yeah, what they did is they basically beat everybody by like 10 to 15 points every game. So, yep, they beat Iona 87 to 63. They beat St. Mary's 70 to 55. Arkansas 88 to 65. Gonzaga 82 to 54. Miami, I think, was the closest game within 13. Yeah. Uh, 72 to 59 and then they they beat san diego state 76 to 59 so they're just a fucking beast of uh I saw. yep of and a Marquette beat them twice this year 
Yeah, and yeah, they beat them. So their last loss was to Marquette in the Big East Championship. So yep. And it sounds like that Marquette team is basically all coming back. So that's going to that's be the cool. way I understood it. The bad what Tyler Wall announced he's coming back today. Yep. Yep. So like Wisconsin should have some teams that can compete. Um. Yeah, I think that we need to probably get a player or two on Wisconsin. I don't think Marquette needs to get nobody. If they can just play, they'll be all right. Um, yeah. So Wisconsin's going to have some like really plus basketball collegiately, collegiately next year, and then the Bucks should be good all the time. So basketball is on a positive note in Wisconsin, and on that, let's get into barking about the Bucks. Barking about the Bucks. So, yeah, yeah, we had a little bit of hot in the street right off the bat, but like NBA took the Monday night off that. uh, So they took yesterday off uh, to let the college basketball take center stage, which I thought was pretty cool. Good move on the NBA. I don't know if that's. Uh, every year thing i don't think it is like i feel like this is i mean honestly they could probably take the thursday and friday of the of the start of the thing off too right like yeah i mean nobody's watching nba games those nights i don't think yeah at least take one of those days off because yeah these back-to-back games are killing dudes out there well that's the reason that like guys aren't playing like every game is because they have to play back-to-back nights and they're traveling, you know, I think the NBA does a pretty good job of keeping them regional travels, especially if they're back-to-back night. Like it's not like LA and then Boston. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually but, trips, but yeah. So like mean, you'll do like rough. LA and Sacramento or something, but it's still a rough trip to play two games back-to-back. And I think you could pretty easily fit it in if you just, had a standard schedule, right? That we just play three games every week, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, or something like that. Yeah. And you've been hammering that for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, if you want basketball every night of the week, um, there's got to be a way. Yeah. Yeah. There is got to be a way to do it. But I mean, there's way more interleague play in basketball than I I would say most sports. Maybe not. So you play two games against um, Western Conference opponents if you're the Bucks. Okay. You play a home game and an away game, and then like everything else is Eastern Conference. So yeah, yeah. There, there's probably a better way to figure out the schedule, but Mike has been hot on the on the tail of that for a while. I think I think you've thrown out some good ideas. I mean, you just threw out that idea, but. There, there's got to be a way. To that one's definitely been there before. And if you want me to schedule for the NBA, just call me up. I'll figure it out for you. No worries. Yeah. All right. But for actual Bucks news, so Bucks are two and one since our last show. And honestly, on our last show, I think that's when the Bucks were actually playing the Celtics and just yeah. getting fucking worked. Um. Because, yeah, we did talk about it a little bit. So the Bucks lose 140 to 99. Um, they had all their guys going, and the Celtics just 
overwhelm them. But like Tatum was on a heater, Jalen Brown was on a heater. Nothing was missing. I mean, the Celtics were not missing a thing in that game. Um, but th- that was to our point, like after a back to back, I think uh, the Bucks had just played Indiana and then they were coming back home to play Boston and Boston was already in Milwaukee waiting for them. So I'm making too many excuses for the Bucks because to lose by 41 points in that game, it is kind of a little concerning in that one, but it is basketball as well. So whatever, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll chalk it up to whatever. I still have faith, like pretty high optimistic vibes and faith in the Bucks, but the Celtics scare the living shit out of me now at this point yeah i don't know that they scare me too much yet but like you're right that that's a concerning loss if that's a game that you want to compete in you should be way closer than that anyway uh they get the 76ers 117 to 104 they beat them um and then they played the wizards tonight and they won 140 to 128 uh so like pretty good week you got to play better against the Celtics, but so we got three games left. Uh, you know who they're against, Pat? Right offhand, got it up. I do not, but right. I will have it right now. So the last three games uh, versus Chicago. So in Milwaukee against Chicago, in Milwaukee versus Memphis. Then the last of the, the last game of the season is at Toronto. On Sunday, April 9th. Um, I was trying to go more for the standings here. So when we wrote this was yesterday. So the Bucks now have a three-game lead with three games to go. And so one win and we're we got her. Yep. Yep. Because I don't know how the tiebreaker is against the Celtics. I think we might actually have the tiebreaker Good. against them. Right. Yep. But so they might have locked it up. Um that that would mean the Celtics had to lose the game after after they beat the Bucks. And yeah, they lost to Philly uh the next game. So yeah, they blew their load against Milwaukee and then Sixers so, got them. So 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 it looks pretty promising that the Bucks are gonna have the one seed in the playoffs. And that's all I got embarking on the bucks. Yeah. So let's bark about the brewers then. And uh, so we'll start off. They've been four and one to start the season. Um, Season started last Thursday. We did know that they had lost when we recorded our last episode in the first one. Um, Rookies really seem to be stepping up in the last three games, I suppose. Well, how much did they win that first game by? It was like pretty little, like, it wasn't a big win, right? The last two games have been big, big wins, 10-0 and 9-0. Yeah, so their first win, I want to say, was 3-1 against the Cubs. Um, and, yeah, and I feel like the Cubs took an early lead in that game. And Brewers came back and beat them. Um, then they beat the Cubs 9-5 to the next day. 
now they beat the Mets 10 nothing, 9 nothing, uh, and back to back nights. So they've scored nine runs in their last three games. So, yeah, yeah. which is impressive for the Brewers for sure. And so hopefully their bats do not end up getting cold on us. But then we've also won back to back series, which is. Yeah pretty big that i mean that's an enjoyable enjoyable little start to the season hopefully we can keep it rolling heck yes and right. it's getting a little glitchy here but i think it's it's gonna level out uh for a second but i do just want to highlight some guys so brian anderson uh new third baseman for the brewers Hit three dingers, has 10 RBIs in this stretch. Garrett Mitchell, two home runs, hit one tonight as well. And, yeah, it, it's a lot of, like, the new accusations getting the uh, RBIs in this game. Kerrang's been playing well, like Mike said. Our, our new rookies have been taking a load on, and hopefully – they can keep it rolling for us. Yep. Uh, and so then next up, we got uh, driving fast and turning left. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. took 11th place at Richmond. Um, Kyle Larson gets the win. Uh, Martin w- led for like 57 laps in this race. So he got a bunch of points for something. I don't know exactly how you get points, but we're 11th in the standings, still in the chase, doing well. He's just driving fast and turn left. He just needs to drive a little faster, but don't turn any more lefter. Yeah. Yeah. I think you need to read that in more of a Southern accent. Like Carl Larson brings home the checkered boys. I I can't do it and like, I can't get through it with a, taking myself seriously through it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I could say it if I was just talking to like you, but the fact that I'm recording myself and trying to do it, like, like semi-seriously so that it sounds okay. I don't think I can do. Yeah. I don't think anybody that, li- eh, no, I won't, I won't go that far, but yeah, I, I think you could do it. Carl Larson takes checkers. MTJ takes 11th after leading 56 laps in the race. And he's also 11th in standing. Still in that chase, boys. All he needs to do is stay in the top 16. We're good to go. Drive fast. Turn left. Let's go, MTJ. We need to finish our race. Yeah, we need to win. And I still can't do it. I apologize, Pat. All right, moving on to our hot in the streets. Uh, I got a few things that kind of happened over the last week. Uh, Oh, shoot, and I can't think of his first name. Rendon uh, confronted a fan, got a four-game suspension. He grabbed him, acted like he was going to hit him or something stupid just because the guy – well, I shouldn't say just because, but, like, the guy was yelling names at him or whatever. I don't know what they were, but – uh, Anthony Rendon? Yep, probably. Yep, from the, the he used to play for the Nets. He plays for the Angels oh, now. The Nets. We're talking different Nats, sports. The Nets, Nets, Nets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anthony Rendon. 
Yeah. Um, and then uh, the Ravens offered Odell Beckham a, a contract, uh, which is kind of an interesting development. I know the Jets were kind of in on him. Uh, speaking of the Jets, sounds like there might be a couple other suitors for Aaron Rodgers. Um, the 49ers are interested, and supposedly the Patriots are as well, which is interesting to me. Um, I would assume the 49ers can't give us a first round pick. They spent them all to get Trey Lance already. But if we're dumb enough to try to take Trey Lance instead of Jordan Love, I guess we could do that. Not that Trey Lance doesn't have the potential to be good, but I'd rather have the guy that sat for three years. Yeah, no. And I am, like I say, a pretty optimistic fan, but I am a little skeptical of of Jordan Love and how this team's going to go moving forward with Jordan Love. So I just don't think that could be part of the package. I I mean, maybe Debo Samuel coming over. Oh, Debo, there, yeah. I take that. Figuring out a way, way, way to use Debo as the first round pick things. Yeah. Honestly, I like that a lot, but I do think if we get Debo and some picks or whatever to sweeten the deal, um, the 49ers are going to be a fucking wagon with. Yeah, we'll beat them easy. Beat them easy. I'm not worried about it at all. I'm the most optimistic Packers fan. Um, And then I'll get into the other part of the Rodgers thing. It sounds like Corey Davis will be involved in any trade that would happen if it was the Jets. I don't know if I like that or don't like it. I don't, he has not performed. He was like the number six overall pick or something like that. Just hasn't performed at that level. Maybe he can, but I don't know that you bring in a project for a new quarterback though, either. I mean, if we get some picks out of that, I really did like Corey Davis. Oh, maybe it's not the guy that I was thinking of. Was Corey Davis was never on the Titans, was he? Yes, he was. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think because it was. And he's he's been okay. He just isn't like. And I'm okay bringing in the okay player for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know that I'm okay bringing in the okay player for a guy who's just starting out. Right. So when Rodgers took over the helm, his wide receiving core was fucking ridiculous. Like really, yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, he had some good vets like in Donald Driver, Craig Jennings, but Western Michigan guys, man, Greg Jennings, Corey Davis. Let's go. I didn't. I don't think I realized that uh, Corey Davis was from Western Michigan. Interesting. Yeah, he was on the Western Michigan when Western Michigan was like undefeated. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's like he got drafted six overall. He had to be in it. Had to have been an elite level wide receiver in in college, especially if you're at Western Michigan, right? Yeah. No. And so, like, yeah, I think he's got talent. I just don't think I've seen it that much that often in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, it, the package would need to get it like sweetened more than just getting Corey Davis out of it. But I I think that's a damn good wide receiver to add to your receiving room in in this situation. Like I, I would take Corey Davis and if you put Corey Davis on this receiving core, he's 
He's number two immediately. Um, yeah, probably. At least yeah. number two immediately. And then, yeah, then, then I, I don't know. It just helps out. So yep. I, I'm not opposed to getting coordinators. But not saying that you and, are like, and I don't want to delve too far into it because I don't think anything is going to happen until like the twenty seventh or whatever the day the draft yeah. is, right? Um, and then moving on to a little bit of basketball, Johnny Davis is playing pretty well for the Wizards right now. I didn't see what he did tonight. I'll probably take a look here later, but um, I did not expect him to play well in the NBA. Um, talented, got the right kind of size. But it just felt like at Wisconsin when he played in a physical game, which I think the NBA mostly is, um, it was tougher for him to score buckets. Um, so, but he's playing well, getting like 15 points a game or something like that over the last three or four. So he's doing something, doing enough for the Wizards. Yeah, and maybe tonight, he develops. Oh, just. Uh give you what he did tonight. So he played 36 minutes, scored 20 points, five rebounds, four assists, two seals, two blocks. So he had a yeah, pretty that, damn good game. And that's great. Like, honestly, for a rookie, that's a great stat line. I can, like, I go, I would take that, you know, half the games. If he could did do you, that half the games, I'd be pretty happy with that as a rookie. Did you ever declare that you thought Johnny Davis wasn't going to be a good pro? Because I think just de facto that, I knew he was leaving after his sophomore year. Like I was like, this, this is saying something that this guy's going to be good in the NBA. Cause I could be, no, wrong. I, maybe, maybe I, I said the, something that would contradict that. Um, I, I don't know. Like I definitely had like mixed ideas on it though. Right. Cause in the tournament, it seemed like it was way harder for him to score. Especially like probably, especially in the big 10 tournament he had much harder time. And I remember thinking that. I don't know that I voiced that opinion. You're right. But I don't know if I expect him to be good. So I'm surprised he's good, and I'm happy that he's doing well. I think that's... Yeah. No, I mean, if you see how the Badgers shut down this year and how much nicer it was to have Johnny Davis on the team yeah. last year like than what we went through, losing to North Texas, not scoring for nine minutes in eight seconds after having a what nine eight nine point lead and losing the game by two points after you know that doesn't happen when Johnny Davis was there. Yeah. And then just a slump breaker. Yep. And then uh getting into like probably the biggest story of the weekend is uh Angel Reese uh is taunting uh what's her name? Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Iowa girl. Yeah. The, the girl from Iowa and everybody's kind of losing their mind about it. I don't think it's a big deal. I think that athletes do this kind of shit, especially if somebody was saying shit to you early in a game and then got beat like, Hey, that's what you get. That's the way things go. And I know that I heard a lot of stuff coming out of Iowa about how you have to treat Caitlin. I think it's Caitlin Clark. Yeah, it is. That could be um, about how you have to treat her and like how you can't do like certain things. So I'm sure Angel Reese heard that shit all week, heard that shit all through the game. She can, 
you win, you can say whatever the fuck you want. So, yeah, I, I'm just so happy Iowa lost. Fuck, fuck Caitlin Clark. Fuck Iowa. Um, I, I think she should have went further. The one funny piggybacking, <laughs> like she should have gave her a noogie after that one. I like that shit, bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the one funny thing that I had to add on to that, I don't know how true this is. I might have got duped. I've seen it like one thing. Uh, still on, it on April 1st? Yeah, I might be getting duped hard on <laughs> okay. this. Okay, that's, that's all right. Let's go into it. So Jill Biden said that she wanted to invite Iowa to the White House as well because the game was so good. And I think that it's just such bullshit. Uh, so I want to say that either Clark or the coach said uh, the White House visits for winners. Okay, good. Then I respect so, like those yeah. those people. Yeah, but that. like to some extent, like the Democrats are the party of like everybody gets a trophy. Like that's just kind of the way it is. And like I fall under that like umbrella, right? However. That is the party that, if we're going to go that way, that's who would say it. Everybody's yeah. got to get a trophy. It would be the left, for sure. How freaking awkward would that be? Like, yay. Well, you don't want to have them there at the same time, would you? Good job losing this. I, I hope not. But if they And then did, Angel I'll... Reese could do it again. She could just be doing this the whole time. <laughs> you, but nobody would see it, though. I so. know. <laughs> they couldn't see her. Uh, no, but I thought the, uh, like... I don't even think it's like that disrespectful. I think it's a, hey, if you want to talk shit, this is what's coming when you do lose. Yeah. I I mean, and I'm stealing this straight from another podcast, but like, I think I think anybody could come up with this idea. But it's like, if you have a signature move, I mean, if you've been watching wrestling since the 90s, like if you have a signature thing you do and you get beat, it's yeah, it's coming. People are doing oh, it back sure. to you. Yeah, the belt, <laughs> the right. So that when the Packers yeah. were getting beat, who brings out the belt every fucking yeah. time? It is funny though. Like Rogers was a little bit careful with the belt. Like he was putting on the belt way more when he knew we were more of a wagon. You know what I'm saying? It's, See, I think he just moved on from the belt. Like that was like his thing in the first like four years. Yeah. He was in the NFL, and then after that, it was kind of like, oh, I just don't do this that much anymore. And now he just does it on occasion, right? Yeah. But, so, yeah, you're right. I he did dial back. it back. Yeah. But, but yeah, you you show up somebody in some way, shape, or form that's unique, and you get showed up, it's, oh, it's, it's coming. coming in. Yeah, it's in your face. Yeah, and then... My, so you, you did that. So basically, basically we just got to say that LSU won the women's national title, right? You mentioned you were so happy. Iowa lost, right? Yeah. Um, congratulations to them. Yeah. And, and I think that's honestly, all for, for our show. You, do you want to touch on the baseball should be on local TV? No, we can, once. we can do that. We can do that anytime during the baseball season. I do want to say like, 
uh, LSU and um, Iowa. Iowa put women's basketball kind of on the map over the last week, right? Like, I don't think I've ever seen that much engagement with women's college basketball ever in the past. Yeah, and it was always like Geno versus Pat Summit, like that. Yeah, that like get people fired up, but like the it was always like players in the game. And it was always chalk. Yeah, we we had a good point put into our uh, our group chat with the old R Dog, so we still have a banging banging on the drum with uh, with R Dog in there, and and Riley was saying. And I think it was everybody's immediate reaction was like the NIL is going to, you know, make the good teams better. But yep. is what this basketball season has kind of showed us is it kind of makes the parity better. I mean, granted, it wasn't Arkansas State winning it or FSU winning something. But I mean, it was San Diego State, though. It's not like it's a powerhouse program not that they're bad but like yeah i i mean connecticut comes out on top so it's not like it it just always is what it is um but i i do think so i think we have to wait until the covid years are kind of like through that's right true because with all these guys that are like older it's a little bit like these teams are sticking together for so long, the teams that do stay together, that like they're old teams and that's how they win. Now I don't know if that's what UConn is. Maybe they are young, right? But like UConn's a blue blood blue blood program. Like they can recruit the way Kentucky kind of recruits, the way Kansas kind of recruits. They can be a powerhouse a lot of years. They're good at flying under the fucking radar too. I want to say so. They're not in a big enough conference. Right. So the big East is like, but it's not a like it's not the big East prominent. Old. It's not a yeah, it's not a prominent conference. Right. If so, like I think that's two- foul though. Like the big east is the big east. Like that's it's tough. not bad, right? It, so, it's like, not what it used to be, but it's still right. like I mean they lost their Syracuse, but they still got Georgetown, Marquette. So they got, I mean they got good teams. They got Villanova. They got Louisville, powerhouses, UConn. Like these are teams that like can be good, but they can also fall apart, right? So those are teams that are not always good. I don't know. There's all they're not Kentucky. They're they're not Kentucky. They're not Duke. They're not Kansas. Um, Connecticut is that though. They are yes, Kentucky. They are Duke. They are yeah. Over the last thirty years, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, they're better than Duke over the last thirty years. Like if I mean, if you're yeah, if you're going by championships, yeah, if you're going by making the tournament, they're not. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I think that the Big East is right there with the Big Ten in the ACC. Like, I I don't yeah. see the so knock. In the I I don't like, think that's I, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say they're not as prominent, right? So like especially where we're like we are like i'm not invested in seeing the game from the big east right where an acc game i think feels important a big 10 game feels important a big east game i don't know if it feels important like creighton was really really good this year right 
I never feel like, oh, Creighton, that's the team you got to watch out for. Never. Like, I feel like, oh, they might upset you. Like, it's always an upset if you get beat by Creighton and you're the and you're a Big but, Ten school. But they're getting I know that's themselves. not true. I know that's not true, right? I can I can know it in my brain, and it doesn't feel that way watching games. Yeah. No, and there's there's something right about that, but they, they're definitely a school that played themselves into being a good basketball school. And that's oh, yeah. what the Big East is built out of is okay, Butler is just whooping the shit out of the horizon league left and right. Big East Scoop grabs them. Yeah. Creighton, I don't even know where Creighton was playing before they were in the Big East. Yeah, because the Big East was down to like eight teams when it was all like Catholic schools, right? When it was, I mean, I don't know how many. Maybe UConn isn't isn't the Catholic school there, but they might have been in the no Jesuits there. But like it was like Saint John's, um, Marquette, Villanova. Like it was like the whole thing was set up with Louisville. I don't uh, think it was was Louisville part of it, right? Yeah, Louisville was in the Big East. Right Louisville off the jump. Was, I mean, or were they maybe the not ACC? right off the jump? No, no, no. They they definitely left for the ACC uh, once the like football deals yeah, okay. were getting done. Is that they left? But yeah, okay. I mean, the Big East. I don't know. Um, so we're starting to ramble on. About yeah, this. yeah. Um, but and we can probably get into it another time. The Big East was very good. Obviously, you have UConn, you have teams like Marquette. Creighton went three games into the tournament, like lost in the third game. Big East was very good. I have a bad perception about it. We can move on. All right. But yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that that will do it for the show. I've, All right, guys. Maybe was going to come up with a spicy meatball about uh, Easter candy, but I think we already covered it. So as always, we love you. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, download. Mike, you go. Sorry, I just took your side. All right. No, no, we're all good. For anybody who's doubting the Badgers, the Bucks, the Brewers, or the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came in my shows. Beat em. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came in my shows. Eat my shows.